Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Christmas is kind of coming early, because, Biggs, we are only... We're, we're at double digits for the college basketball season to begin. If you want a more accurate number, just scroll through Rothstein's Twitter on any given day. But I know a few days ago, I did see him say it was either 100 days or 99 days. So, Biggs, we're getting close to uh, not having to uh, like go outside and stuff. You know, We can hibernate again. We can watch college hoops, uh, sit in our sweatpants. How do you feel about that? Thank God. I'm looking I'm looking outside right now and it's it's eleven it's it's noon. It's twelve thirty four. That's fun. One, two, three, four. It's yep. over ninety degrees outside. Uh, a couple days ago it was like hundred and ten. And I'm like, I cannot wait until we're hundred and ten degrees cooler than what we are right now. Um, or even more cooler. It could be hundred and fifty degrees cooler. You don't know. Ideally, um, yeah, with the wind it, chill. For those of our listeners in Florida, we do get negative numbers here. Yeah, I and it's okay because that usually means college basketball is going on. That's true. Exactly. But anyways, we'll talk on uh, some of those early season tournaments. We've got some winners, losers. Uh, might do a little scrolling through uh, Twitter's or uh, Twitter's through Rothstein's Twitter. Uh, just see what we find and uh, go from there. So let's go to the intro. We'll get into winners and losers here shortly, but I just want to see outside of like the weather and stuff. How you doing? I know, like, you just finished up your first year of teaching not too long ago, and pretty soon you're gonna have to go back. Like, how how does it feel knowing that you're about to like your your first summer is about to end? Yeah, nobody nobody really understands how stressed I am. You know, I got I got my summer off, but now I have to deal with the stress of going back to work. Everybody else just kind of keeps working, so you don't. Yeah. You don't have to get stressed out. You just get to keep working. It's it's really hard having a summer off, and now I have to I have to ramp back up and go back to work. Uh, nobody really understands that. That is probably worse than just working all the time. It probably is. It probably is. Now, one thing um, I know pretty soon because you also do some uh, the junior high football coaching, so um, you're going to have two incomes here pretty soon, which means you you have that to hold over your wife because she does not have two incomes. No, it's just one income. It's just baked into my regular one income. So no, unfortunately, no, no, I do no, not get to. I don't get to enjoy that uh, that second that second income. It's it's just kind of baked into the first one. I, so. I feel like it's a second income though, because it's like supplemental pay. It's not supplemental pay. No, it's supplemental work though. I get to I get to work uh, extra. I get to work extra, and the paychecks just stay the same. That's so sad. No, there is time. I mean, like I, I, in the summertime, I get paid for not having any of those jobs, so that's cool. True. <laughs> well, let's complain. Right. My life's hard. <laughs> oh, so let's complain. Okay, so let's go with losers first if we want to complain. Yes. So who's your loser? My loser. It's kind of a winners and losers. It's kind of a combo platter here. My winner, college basketball fans. My loser, it. the loved ones of college basketball fans around Thanksgiving time. Okay. Because we've got all the we've got all the preseason tournaments, all the preseason brackets have come out. Uh, preseason tournaments are are uh, it's preseason tournament season, uh, preseason tournament bracket season. 
We've got the Maui Invitational Tournament bracket came out. The PK-85, which if you remember, the PK-80, I believe, was only one tournament with uh, with a handful of teams. This nope. year, the PK-80 was... No, it's PK-80. team tournaments. Yeah, and so is PK-80. Both of them were. They were oh, both they were. Two. Okay. Yes, they were. Well, the PK-85 is the same deal. We got two, basically two tournaments there, which are both loaded. The Maui Invitational Tournament, loaded. Battle for Atlantis Tournament, loaded. Uh, the Hall of Fame Classic, solid underrated little four-team uh, MTE. The ESPN Events Invitational, a solid eight-team tournament that's not stacked, but it's got some some intriguing teams. John, you you could reasonably get through like the entire week of Thanksgiving, not watching any football, and, and you could just watch basketball wall to wall. It's going to be amazing, not for our loved ones, but however, we do need to watch football on Thanksgiving this year because I do believe the Vikings play on Thanksgiving this year. Will we want to watch the Vikings by Thanksgiving? We'll see. Like, I, I'm hopeful, Biggs. I am hopeful of this okay. season. I am. All right. Um, but back to our tournaments, you know. I don't know if there's anything, any more just random things that I like more than brackets. I like brackets when it comes to uh, setting up a schedule for a multi-team event. I also just like brackets that hold up stuff. Like if you have a shelf that you need to put a bracket on to hold up. Um, Brackets are just amazing. Now, I have to say that brackets with college basketball teams on it are much more of an interest of mine than the brackets for shelves i will say that now with that being said if you're looking at these pk85 brackets which there are two of them i'm going to name off the teams for each bracket i want you to tell me which one you're more excited for so the first one from top to top from top to bottom we have north carolina versus portland iowa state villanova which potential for a north carolina villanova 2016 championship game rematch there we have Yukon, Oregon. We have Alabama, Michigan State. On the other side, Duke, Oregon State, Florida versus Xavier, Purdue, West Virginia, and Portland State versus Gonzaga. Which one's better? Uh, you know, we always talk about how with uh, with these tournaments, we get excited about potential future matchups that almost never actually happen. That's right. And and with that in mind, I'm going to get excited about a potential matchup that is probably not going to end up happening because it's just the way it, that way it works. That second bracket is uh is super intriguing just the the potential payoff of a Gonzaga Duke championship game. Uh, I mean, that's two potentially top 5 teams, right? Gonzaga's probably the preseason number 1 or 2 team. Duke's probably a preseason what, 4, 5, 6, 7, somewhere in that range. They they're going to be loaded. Yeah. Um the second round matchup potentially of Duke against either Florida or Xavier could be pretty good. I mean, I think, I think Florida and Xavier have a chance to be like fringy top 25 ish type of teams, both com- contending for tournament berths. Um, and then who is the team that Gonzaga would probably play? It would be either West Virginia uh, or, or Purdue. Purdue, which, and I, West Virginia doesn't really do it for me. Purdue, I think will be down a little bit this year. So I do think Gonzaga has at least somewhat of an easy road to the yeah. championship game. Yeah, Gonzaga Purdue second round matchup could be kind of fun. I think Purdue will be. I like think they still Purdue have is like they'll, they'll be solid. They were they're not going to be yeah. like as they're not going to be like as intriguing as they were last year. But they've got dudes coming back with with Edie and Brandon Newman and Mason Gillis. Uh, they bring in a couple pretty good recruits. So I think Purdue is going to be better than. I don't think they were ever as good as people thought they would be last year, and I think they're going to be better than they and than people think they are this year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I think they're going to be better than expected. 
Um, but a Gonzaga-Duke championship matchup would just be – I mean, that'd be just juicy, right? It's always awesome when those two teams get together. They played a couple years ago in Maui in the championship when it was uh, when it was that Gonzaga team with, like, Achimura and Brandon Clark and, and Duke had mm-hmm. uh, Zion and, and, and R.J. Barrett in that squad, and that was a hell of a game, I remember. And, you know, they played last year in the in the early season turn in the early season, just kind of get together in Vegas. And that was an awesome game. Just feels like when those two teams get together, it's the it's always it's always kind of must watch. Uh, That's not to say that other bracket isn't isn't going to be awesome, too, because I think there's a lot of I mean, I think the most intriguing matchup could be potentially Carolina Nova, which Mm -hmm. could happen right away. But then uh, you still have Oregon and Bama on the other side of the bracket, too. So a second round matchup between those teams, those teams both you know, do a little run and gun. So that'd be a good game to watch too. Um, no, I'm just very excited for this. You know, emotionally I'll be more invested in the North Carolina bracket for obvious reasons, but I do agree. Like, I think the level of teams on the, uh, Ooh, do you know they have like, they have bracket names. One is legacy brackets. That's the Duke one. And one is the, I think it's called the invitational bracket. Which, which one do you think is better? It's gotta be the legacy. Like, they gave the better bracket the better name, in my opinion. Yeah, you're putting Gonzaga. I mean, like it's Gonzaga and Duke, which are probably the two, two of the three biggest brands in the sport right now, at least currently. So, it feels like they probably tried to. If it does feel like that bracket is more tilted towards let's get Gonzaga against Duke, where the other one, I I, I don't know, like UNC and and Bama are both gonna be ranked really high. But it feels like there are more like landmines for those teams. I mean, like I could just as easily see Michigan State beating Alabama. Yeah. You know, uh, UConn is in that bracket. They're they're going to be solid. Uh, Iowa State versus Nova. I mean, I could see Iowa State taking Nova out, but I could see either one of them beating Carolina early in the year. Um, Iowa State's just that ultimate. I think they're going to be the same way this year, where it's just very high highs and very low lows again. Yeah, and early in the year, before everyone figures out what they do, it's like they they probably could be tough early in the season. So um, I think that, I think that tournament like could feature better games like throughout, like there's going to be probably more good games, but the potential payoff of a Gonzaga Duke championship is, is better than anything that other bracket can put together. I think. Biggs, I'm just looking at the game times on these. This is wall to wall coverage. Like, it start North Carolina Portland looks like the first game at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And then it goes, I think 12. It sort of start. It sort of starts staggering between brackets there, but like it'll start at like you know 10 Pacific, which is noon our time, and go to I think 7:30 or no 9:30 Pacific is is the last start time, which is like 11:30. Yeah, fantastic. Oh. This is going to be amazing. However, that 9.30 game is a Gonzaga-Portland State game, so it might be sort of a snoozer. Yeah, probably one where you don't necessarily – you could fall asleep watching it maybe. Yeah. I, so they I have always, both brackets on TV? Uh, Yeah, it looks like ESPN and ESPN2 are airing the games. Yep. Okay, good. Because I was trying yeah. to figure that out when, the, when it came out, and I, I was getting kind of confused because it felt like you can never find – I can't find the brackets with both teams. I, I I've been able to just find like one bracket with like the Duke bracket or mm-hmm. the Villanova bracket. Well, and I'm like, I, I was I need before, both of them together with co- like t- t- TV schedules at the same time. But but before we started recording, I was looking for one, and it took me a while because like the first thing I noticed was it was like would have been like a Gonzaga um, press site or whatever, 
Um, but they only put like their side of the bracket in like the press right. release. It's the like individual it's so teams have like their it, own it, little it, fan side of it. Side. Yeah, it's so selfish of Gonzaga. So uh, trending down, Gonzaga being um, not selfish. Well, they are the new Duke, maybe. True. Uh, let's see. So, okay, I'm lost now. Was this your loser? Or was this your winner? I think we started off talking about loser, but I, think I did a little both. My lo- my losers. Uh, Loved ones of college basketball fans around Thanksgiving time. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That so, could potentially be a college basketball fans are just losers there because our loved ones uh, tend to be selfish and like they're like, hey, you know, like my like my wife's family, they just don't care about sports. So it's really oh it's God. really bizarre. Like you go over, they're there, awful. We'll have to go to their house for Thanksgiving, and it's like they won't be watching games. They'll have football on, I'm sure. It's like, oh, would you rather watch the Lions versus somebody or would you rather watch, uh, you know, Villanova, Villanova Iowa State? State. And, yeah. like, they'll be like, let's watch the Lions. I might have yeah. their their second-string running back on my fantasy team. It's like, how bad – so twisted to me. So just, I just might fix. end up, you know, it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be the weird in-law that's watching games on my phone, and they're going to be like, what are you watching there? Here's uh, what you do. Watching here, Villanova, here, here. Iowa State. And they'll be like, who are those – What are, what is that? You know. Here, here's a kicker, Biggs. Here's a kicker. Bring headphones. That way, you me, you're, you're telling them like this is BS. Don't talk to me. Don't even acknowledge my existence. Um, I'm in my own element right now. Yeah, at least one headphone. I think might have to do like the left ear kind of thing, and then there you go. Hear a little bit of side conversation in case. Yeah, just in case your name gets called upon. But it might be one of those where you know what, like a good post player. They always say good post players do their work early. You know, you've got to make early contact. Drop and duck into the post before your defender can, can. It's you're not battling in the post; you're ambushing your defender, right? You're trying to catch them off guard so you can you do your work early, so that when you get the ball, you just have to score. Uh, I like that. It could be one of those as maybe like I, I have to do my work early, building up a lot of goodwill with the family. Maybe do I, something I, nice so that so that I can afford to then just like come out really bad on Thanksgiving Day. I, I picture you arriving with like the whole do it early. I picture yourself arriving at like 5 a.m. ready to cook everything and getting all that done. And well, then like the, the table gets set and people are starting to dish up and you're and then and then you just retire to the couch and watch basketball. That could be. I could literally do it early, like showing up early on Thanksgiving. I'm thinking like the month ahead of Thanksgiving, I start doing nice things like constantly so that I'm building up a ton of goodwill so that I can just flush it all on Thanksgiving Day. Being the antisocial person who's just caring about college basketball on Thanksgiving. I respect it. I respect it. Go downstairs, hang out with the kids. In quotations while I watch basketball. Perfect. Ignore them. Yep. All right. Should, let's see. I'll, should I do my winner or my loser first? What do you want? Uh, you're, you're a winner. Balance out my negativity. Okay. Yeah, you've been awfully negative here. Um, My winner, Biggs. And it comes with a bit of a caveat here because I think part of this has – People slightly outraged, but a new home and home got announced beginning this season between Kentucky and Gonzaga. And so I believe it's this season, Kentucky will travel to uh, Spokane to play Gonzaga on Sunday, November 20th. Um, And so then obviously for the 2023, 2024 season, um, Gonzaga would travel to Kentucky, which all in all, just on the face value, big like, Everything's great with that, right? It's outstanding. We love yeah. it. Get Kentucky two. versus Gonzaga is a phenomenal. It we is get those two teams matchup. playing. That's that's outstanding. Do you know where the outrage is though? Uh, go ahead and enlighten me. Coach Calipari 
refuses to play at Gonzaga's actual home gym. Referred to, I believe, as the kennel. Get that it? Because the, they're the Bulldogs. Um, and I think the reason is, you know, it essentially boils down to money here. It's a 6,000-seat stadium. Um, and so they're actually – I'm not sure exactly which stadium. Because, like, is Gonzaga actually in Spokane? Yeah. Okay. So it's just another – Stadium or another they play basketball. Like their convention center. Yeah, and so they will. So basically, part of this agreement is Kentucky's not actually going to like the actual home court of Gonzaga. Um, they are going to a different, larger venue. I think I think I saw it's about twelve thousand, so it's like double, double the the uh, capacity. Um, so that has people a little up in arms. I'd say not too badly though. But in this case, you know, we live in a society where like we like to love like uh, yell at clouds, right? You're out. You're probably looking at them right now and trying to see if there's anyone any that are looking, yeah, you know what? Look, looking, looking at you the wrong way. You, you know I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, Biggs, I prefer to have a positive outlook on this and just focus on the matchup. Two, one for sure blue blood, one honorary blue blood, playing two consecutive years. What do you think? I love it. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's great. It's probably, I mean, the three biggest – quote unquote brands in college basketball right now are probably Duke, Kentucky and, and Gonzaga, right? I mean, it seems like Gonzaga gets treated like those two teams. They're always ranked number one or two in the preseason. They're always just they're they're an outstanding program. They're they're loaded and they're operating at a at a super high level. Um, Kentucky is operating at a pretty low level by Kentucky standards and yet in the preseason year they're probably gonna be ranked in the top ten and probably the favorite to win the SEC. So you got good team. Um yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. And and the, the the bit on Kentucky not wanting to play at the kennel, it, it's very Calipari. It goes back to when he was at Memphis when they would schedule home and homes with Gonzaga. And Memphis pa- Parrish was saying this that there's sort of a history, like, and I keep mentioning yeah. Memphis. Yeah, that, they didn't have they, they didn't have a home court at Memphis. Like they played at basically whatever Memphis is like. They played at the Forum, I think, the FedEx Forum or whatever. So he he would always just say, "Well, you're not playing at our home." Uh, arena and it's like well you guys don't have one so it's very calipari um i'm sure i bet you gonzaga won't have a problem filling up a twelve thousand seat stadium though i mean yeah let's be honest so but i like it i mean hey you know it shows if kentucky's willing to go across how many time zones there to go play a premier team um that's something we need to celebrate right too many of these high level high level college basketball teams like refuse to go play road games and I guess it's not technically a true road game, but they're they're going way out of their comfort zone and playing somebody like they're not just loading up and playing Western Kentucky, which they'll play. But you know what I mean? Like I love it. So um, yeah, it's it's outstanding. All right, and then let's see. I can hop right into my winner here, unless if you want to expand on your winner from earlier, where you sorted a winner and loser. No, you go ahead and give your winner. okay, okay, and for the. And I know, no, this will be my winner coming up because I just did my, or no, I did, I got to do my loser. Shoot. See, I'm putting my mind in a pretzel here. This is why we have to podcast more than three times in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, My loser here, Biggs, and um, this sort of goes back to our constant um, fight against the NBA AFication of college basketball. Uh, Fran Fraschilla is my loser uh, with his tweet from earlier this week that, it's time for college basketball to adopt 24-second shot clock and make game, games more exciting for fans, develop a higher skill level for players, and improve the coaching and teaching of offense and defense. 
Um, he goes on to say later, um, those that think the 21st second clock would mirror NBA game have no clue that 200 plus FIBA countries play that clock. We've got, gone from a hand there, which by the way, I'm, I'm reading this with good grammar. There's a lot of like typos in here. I've just noticed just now. Priscilla is, well, I'm guessing yeah. he's probably just shortening some words to, to well, no, no, like, cause, cause like here, this should read, we've gone from a handful of international guys in NBA, but it says we're like W E apostrophe R E. Oh really? So, yeah. That's not short yeah. at all then. Yeah, no, it's not. And so the R isn't really even close to the V on the keyboard. I'm looking at my keyboard right now. They're, they're not close to each other. Is a phone. No. Could be uh, v on a or, phone? or just autocorrect for whatever reason. I don't know. But anyways, and like, he doesn't explicitly come out and say that this is him trying to say, say that, you know, he wants the college basketball game to be more like the NBA. But I feel like that is what he's trying to imply here is that he's more of a fan of the NBA game. Um, and he thinks college basketball should try and mirror that. And that's where like, one of the things I love about college basketball bigs is just the differing styles of play. You know, you can turn on one game, flip on one game and have a score that's like 90 to 85. You can, and then you can switch to a different game after that one's done and have a game that's like 55 to 50, you know, one of the things I love about it. And, you know, you have differing styles. You have your, you know, teams like uh, Virginia who uh, play very slow paced um, or Texas Tech who like, you know, likes to get up on you defensively and pressure you. You also have your teams that just like to run and gun like your Arkansas, North Carolina. And it's one of those things where that's like one of my favorite things about college basketball is just, you know, you have these games where it's just completely different styles of play. You take an or like an Arkansas, put them up against a Virginia and it's two teams, just one team trying to bet, like fight to increase the tempo. The other one trying to slow it down. Um, and that's where I don't know. I I'm against NBA vacation. I think, you know, that I think you're the same as me and you know, stop trying to change my game. I 100% agree. That's, that's well said. Um, yeah, the NBAification of college basketball is disgusting to me. Um, college basketball functioned just fine when there was a 35-second shot clock. Okay, yep. it, It's gone down to 30 seconds, and that's fine too. People will say, like, the scoring is too low, so we need the shot clock to be lower um, without looking at, like, efficiency metrics. Um, the, the problem with college basketball offense, and offense it does seem like has, has fallen a little behind, the fix to that is not let's get more shots. It's let's figure out how to get our players better so that we can be more efficient. Okay. Right. If, we're, if we're having 24 second shot clocks, uh, we're going to get what well, probably like 10 more possessions in a game, 15 more possessions, whatever the number is. Okay. Well, if you're only scoring on 40% of your possessions, that means we're going to watch nine more misses. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we really do? I mean, do college basketball fans just want to watch brick fests all day long, just quicker paced? No, we want to watch better basketball, which, I mean, you could still emphasize coaching and teaching. Let's learn how to coach and teach these players to to be better. Let's work on skill development. Okay, but yeah, it's just do we do, the NBA is just it's it is it, it's such a cookie cutter league. So many teams, like twenty five of the thirty teams, it feels like they just play the exact same way, and people don't need to just watch fast break basketball. I, I love that that college has teams like. Some of the best teams in the country, Villanova, plays incredibly slow. Generally, they're extremely efficient, though, so they're fun to watch. Nobody cares that they're not fast-breaking all over the place. They're good at shooting. That's that's a coaching, teaching thing that, that can be emphasized. Houston plays incredibly slow. They're incredibly fun to watch. Virginia is, is not the most exciting team to watch. They win at a high level. 
um, because they're really good at executing their offense and and they run the clock. That's part of their strategy. A team like Gonzaga, they they don't they ever they never used thirty seconds on the shot clock. So yeah, their style of play wouldn't change at all. You know, Duke probably wouldn't change at all. But yeah, the the differentiating styles is such a great equalizer. Um, that that push and pull is so fun. If if you just want to have twenty four second shot clock, like we're just rewarding the teams that recruit high level athleticism um, versus high level basketball players. Yeah, and the only reason that the twenty four second shot clock works in the NBA is that NBA players are extremely good shot makers, like hands in the face, like and like how many t- how many possessions the NBA like I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the Lakers as, as an example here. How many times do you th- would you say that, you know, insert guard here for the Lakers, you know, does a dribble dribble entry to the wing, toss it down to LeBron on the post, and he does one of two things. He has a defender um, from, like, the opposite corner, like, sag off, so he can just kick it out to, say, a Danny Green for a three-pointer, or he takes it himself, he does, a po- he does a turnaround, he does a fadeaway. Like, how many possessions do you think for the Lakers' offense are like that? Like, You're like four teams behind on Danny Green. I think he's played for at least three teams since he played for the Lakers. But that's your okay. <laughs> your 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 NBA uh, knowledge is pretty poor. That that should say enough. That should say enough about what I think about the NBA. Yep, yep. I like. I respect it. So, but yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, possessions are just. I mean, think about how many times possessions just come down to like, like Dame Lillard does a does a ball screen and then he just chucks up a three without a pass into the offense. Yeah. You know, like how many teams just have guards that can do that. And and then just like you're right, the the pace of the NBA they've been ingrained over years and years to just passes are going insanely quick. That's just not the way college basketball is. And if you love the the game style and play of the NBA, like that's fine. I, I actually I do find like playoff basketball in the NBA is is pretty entertaining because the ball is zipping around and you've got the the shot making is is pretty damn good. Right? That's Nobody about the only. That's no about the only NBA basketball fan is going to say the players in college are better than the NBA players. NBA players mm-hmm. are better, right? That's yep. their job. They're getting paid millions of dollars. Um, but that doesn't mean I love the style of it. And the same, it's the same teams over and over and over again. And that's, do we want the same four teams in college basketball to always be amazing? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's just this culture that's obsessed with, with all we want to watch is, do you just want to watch AAU basketball where there's no defense? Do you just want to watch teams that score, score, score? It, it's... What's fun about when Duke and Gonzaga get together is the score is like 90 to 86, you know? And then that's exciting because that's not what we get all the time. We don't always get 90 to 86 basketball games in college hoops. If every single game was 90 to 86, would it be entertaining? I mean, the NBA, yep. this, this, the games are 130 to 127. That doesn't mean the basketball is any better. It just means there's more like, points. You, you can flip on a game with any two teams and not have a clue on what, like, the score is going to be. Like the over, like if you were to bet over unders in college basketball, like consistently, like it's, I feel like it's such a crapshoot. Yeah, and that's and that's what makes it fun is that there's there's so many differentiating styles. So, yeah, Fran, get out of our face. Go broadcast the NBA if you love the NBA so much. Yeah, no kidding. All right, um, let's see. We're through winners losers. I do. I don't. We. I will talk about more stuff here. I know we got some more uh, preseason tournaments. Um. We can we can sort of frame them as our honorable mention winners, if you will. You ready for this? Sure. Okay. Should we talk about the Maui Invitational? Uh, sure. Okay. Do you, have, you seen, have you seen the bracket? Yeah, but I don't Obviously. remember. Should I read through it here quick? Sure. And it's gonna start off, Biggs, with a bang. The very first game, the very first 
first first round game here texas tech versus creighton it then goes on louisville versus arkansas which i'm not sure how Lu- i feel like louisville is going to be pretty down this year yeah. um we then have ohio state versus san diego state and we finish off the first day with cincinnati versus arizona so what what's the matchup there you're looking for that we're not going to get uh arizona creighton probably right i mean i think arizona is probably the favorite in the in the pack 12 or one of them mm-hmm. and creighton is probably the favorite in the big east or one of them they're both top 15 teams uh they both play kind of that if you want that up and down brand of basketball where you want to see some some high level scoring ability and some action i think you you get that and I, i'm intrigued just because i think everybody's jumping all over Creighton right now in, in the preseason and, and they bring back some, some intriguing players. Uh, they bring in, uh, you know, a couple of good transfers. They have some guys who didn't play last year that are going to be back and they're, and, and they always just kind of play that enjoyable, aesthetically pleasing kind of style. And, and then Arizona last year looked like uh Gonzaga South ish. I don't know how far South Tucson is. I mean, it's far South compared to mm-hmm. Spokane. But they, they well, play they that have up and a down. Defender. They, they've always got high-level athletes. And it's just Arizona is just like – some about Arizona being good makes the, – they're just kind of fun. Uh, I think that matchup could be amazing. Yeah, and I think it'll be good measuring stick for a team like Arizona who, you know, hit the ground running with uh, with Tommy Lloyd last year. And, you know, they lose a lot of guys this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how well they're able to replace those guys. Um, Cincinnati, you know, their opponent in the first round, um, they had a – they also had a first-year head coach from a year ago in Wes Miller and, you know, had a good first first year with him. Definitely improved on the year prior. And so we'll see if they can, you know, build on that success. Um, Ohio State, like, I'm curious on them because they lost a lot of their scoring from a year ago. They've got some transfers coming in. Tanner Holden, uh, Sean McNeil, which my only memory of Sean McNeil is um, him hitting, like, five three-pointers in the first half, like, a couple years ago and that I just like because of that I just expect him to make every shot ever um but then I see he only he averages 12 points per game um which I would expect like 30 just based on that other game but um no lots of storylines here um and then we talk about Louisville like such such roster turnover there and a first year head coach Arkansas is going to be very good we're going to get a good good first look at those freshmen that they're going to be playing a lot of um but no, good tournament here, and yeah. So, what matchup do you think we're gonna get? Because I want Creighton Zona. What one do you want? I guess you didn't. You didn't answer your own question. I didn't ask it to myself. I know. I, I'm asking. Now you are. You have to. Okay. I'm asking you the question that you asked me. What? Okay. The one I want to get is Arizona Arkansas. Okay. The one I think we'll get. I think Texas Tech is going to spoil the party here. And I think Texas Tech is going to win that top half of the bracket. And then I think they'll play Arizona. Texas Tech, Arizona in the championship game. That could be fun, though, too. I mean, yeah. who, who wouldn't like that? That's a that's a con- that's that's one of those contrasting styles type of thing that uh, that could be kind of fun. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. I think more- Texas Tech's going to be working out the kinks early. Could be because they did lose a lot, but like they're just such a they're a system team. So if they if he can get the right guys into his system, 
which only he knows who the right guys are for that. Um, then I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I could. I, I'm intrigued by Arkansas. I, everyone's intrigued by Arkansas. I don't. I'm not as high on Arkansas as everybody else. I, I don't think. I don't know. I don't love. Uh, I don't love relying on freshmen. They're going to have right. three of them that are that are really highly rated. Uh, that everyone thinks are going to be really really good. I. I'm not all that enamored with some of the transfers they got. I know they got a ton of them, but they got the Mitchell twins. Yeah, are they good? Uh, they didn't play at Maryland, and then they right. went to Rhode Island, and they weren't even really all that good at at Rhode Island. So, I don't know if they're even really much more than like depth pieces. Well, Devontae um, Davis has to be their star if they're going to be successful. Yeah, I think he has to be more of like their their glue guy who's like who's really solid at everything. I mean, Nick Smith mm-hmm. is probably going to be their star, quote unquote, yep. the the stud freshman. But, I mean, if those three freshmen are like, I heard this on another podcast where it's like, we, we don't, we just kind of assume like Duke and Kentucky when they have five-star freshmen are just going to be good because they always do it. And then when another team does it, it's like, ah, let's see, you know. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I, maybe rely on those three freshman studs and then it's like, can you just get something out of, yeah, can Devo Davis be a good piece and can the Mitchell twins, can one of them be okay? I don't know. I just... I'm not. I'm higher on other SEC teams than than Arkansas, but I also understand it's like Musselman does this. He he remakes his roster all the time. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the whole thing. But I I, I would. I think Baylor's, or I think uh, uh, Creighton and, and Arizona. I'm more intrigued by. All right. Any more uh, early season tournaments you want to talk about? We've talked on the two. I think the two biggest ones that with the brackets being announced. I know another one is our favorite uh, blanket name, ESPN Events Invitational. Um, must not have been able to get any sponsors for that name. Yeah, apparently. Poor ESPN Events. Um, yeah, there's Memphis, there's Seton Hall, Florida State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. That's five teams that uh, could be intriguing, right? I don't know. Nebraska, Siena. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just teams. disrespect them. I don't really care about either one of those teams. <laughs> How about the battle for Atlantis? I mean, that's always that's – always one of that, kind of the best tournaments. Has out that there. bracket been announced? I don't know if there's been a bracket announced, but I know the field is announced. Oh, do we talk about it before the bracket, or do we have to wait for that, or do we do both? I, I think I think we talk about the field, and then when the bracket gets announced, we talk about that too. So we predict the bracket. Uh, I will make one prediction, and it's that Kansas and Tennessee are on opposite sides. Okay, I just got the teams up here. So there's those teams. There's also. Wisconsin, let's power, USC. Let, let's power rank the teams here. I'm going to power rank it. You butt in when you disagree. Okay. Um, in order from top to bottom, Kansas, Tennessee. Yep. Um, going to go Wisconsin. Okay. Going to go – I'm a bit torn here. How good is USC going to be this year? There's, I'm going <sighs> – there's so many middle like all, all these teams except for like Kansas, Tennessee are like middle of the pack in their conference. You know what I mean? Yeah, with with question marks. Yeah. So let's see, go back going back. Kansas, Tennessee, Wisconsin. I will then go USC, Dayton. Yeah, <laughs> I did the same. Butler? No, I have well, they they probably are, yeah. I put BYU. Okay. So I got Butler, BYU, and then NC State last. Yep. So our only difference is Butler and BYU at six and seven. Yeah, I can't, and I don't even really care enough to, to disagree. 
It's power ranking season, no bigs. That's not bad. Do. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dayton if Dayton's better. Was it I mean Dayton was pretty damn good last year. And if we talk portal winners and losers, Dayton was a portal winner for me. Can we bring up their roster coming and comings and goings? Um newcomers, who think I see one transfer in. I see a Tyrone Baker, 0.7 points per game at your Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get much of the transfer report unless if they just haven't updated this site. No, they didn't get anything. Yeah, so what are you talking about? They didn't lose anybody. Oh, they didn't lose anybody. I see what you're saying. Okay. Ah, you like so, that? It's kind of, a, it's kind of a, a sneaky one there. They didn't. They kept their whole team together. How, how rare is that? They had like a team full of freshmen and sophomores, and they kept them all. In this, in this day and age, you can keep your whole squad and just grow. Um, I think that's worthy of a portal win. I'm intrigued, um, especially by the name Kobe El- Elvis. It's a great name there. Yeah. Remember, they beat Kansas last year in this Battle for Atlantis tournament. They played them last year in the second round. How surprised? How surprised would you be if those two teams play each other again? Do you think the when the bracket is revealed that they will be not in the same first round matchup, but the same like side of the bracket? Yeah, it'll be like Kansas versus uh, NC State, and Dayton will probably play BYU or something. That's my prediction. Yeah, I agree. Wisconsin will play Butler. Tennessee USC is the last. No, Mm. the last one. Yeah. Eh, maybe not. Maybe it'll be Tennessee against Butler and Wisconsin will play USC. So we get a potential Tennessee-Wisconsin because we want Kansas-Tennessee uh, and Wisconsin will fuck the whole thing up. Yep. We'll get, we'll get Wisconsin do. against Dayton in the championship. That's stupid. <laughs> I can't stand that state. Except for, except for the cheese curds. It's awful. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other big tournaments from the early season? Um, It's not a big tournament. Um, and nor are any of these four teams looked at as like favorites in their conference. But the Hall of Fame Classic is a four-team NT, uh, MTE. Uh, you've got Providence, the reigning Big East champions. You've got Miami. Uh, they made the Elite Eight last year, and they did some work in the transfer portal. They, they should they, have they, a, a top, they, like, 40-ish team coming back. They were sort of late bloomers a year ago, and so that yeah. could carry over into the season, Biggs. Yep. St. Louis will probably – maybe the maybe St. Louis, actually, they might be the favorite in the A-10. They had, a, the they had a solid team last year, and they bring back uh, who Yuri would have been Collins. their best player. I can't remember the kid's name, but he was like a, a stud the previous year. Player of the year potential in the A-10. Uh, swingman. God, can't remember his name. Whatever. The only name I can think of it for them is Yuri Collins. He's back too, and he might be a player uh, of the year candidate Javante in the A-10 Perkins? as well. Javante Perkins? Yes, Javante Perkins. Um, and they have Gibson Jimerson. He's a guy that I feel like if you watch them, you'd be, you'd be attracted to him. Yeah, he's solid. Uh, and then Maryland. I don't know what Maryland's got coming back or what they look like, but it's Maryland, and, and those other three teams intrigue me enough. So I don't know. Okay. Hall of Fame Classic. If you're really, if you're looking for something to watch, I don't even know when that tournament is, but I would say it's watchable. Yeah. Now, and I actually that actually transitions into me well here because um, another sort of my honorable mentioned winners here is the release of non conference schedules. It's my fa- one of my favorite things of the year, Biggs. Teams sure, sure, releasing sure, sure, sure. their final non-conference schedule. And I'll just go through a few of them. If you want to see more, just scroll through Rothstein's Twitter. He uh, he put, he retweets every single one of them. Um, but one of them here is UCLA. I see it looks like they have a multi-team event. I don't think it's actual tournament setup. 
or maybe no, it is a tournament setup. A four-team team and a four-team tournament in Vegas right before Thanksgiving. Uh, they start off playing Illinois on November eighteenth, and then depending on how they do, they play either Baylor or Virginia on November twentieth. Not sure what the name of that one is, but sounds Say intriguing. Say that one again for me. Baylor or Virginia? Is that the one that's in like Vegas? Yeah, it's in Vegas. Who is that again? Uh, so UCLA plays Illinois first round. It looks like Baylor and Virginia play in the first round. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So either way, all of those teams, if they play each other, like those are, there's, there's four good games. Yeah. I also see that. Florida State released theirs, which includes a game against uh, Stetsman or Stetson. So that, that's intriguing. Uh, they also are in that events and invitational from ESPN. First team to be named after a championship winning quarterback. Jesus Christ. I don't think that's the truth. Um, I know the other day I was scrolling through here. I saw he released the uh, the Minnesota Gophers, which must have you intrigued. I did see, if you want to see Imani Bates in action, they do play Eastern Michigan at home. The Gophers do? They do. We'll Ooh, show here's, them here's another one. Houston. Uh, the, hard play- rims, the hard rims of Williams Arena will not be kind to Imani Bates. Do you know Houston and Virginia are playing this year? Don't they play every year? It feels like a matchup where the, those two teams probably just love playing each other. I don't know. This could be 25 to 26. Uh, Houston also has games against Bama, Oregon, Oral Roberts. Ooh, just another good one. So another honorable mention winner here, Biggs. Non-conference schedules being released. Also, a couple weeks ago, Dukes was released. John Shire's predecessor was not pictured on there. Pictured multiple times or just not pictured at all what like not, not even a farewell like are they just cutting ties with them must be do they have a road game that's really the true that's the true kind of barometer test is is he still find, influencing the program i gotta find it i think i had seen this must have been a couple weeks ago there was a home and home i gotta search it they did set up a home and home for the future against a very good team was it gonzaga or arizona that's right. I do remember that. All right. that's yep. I'm in on that. That's cool. So uh, with their new coach, they are turning over a new leaf. I will show them a little bit of respect here. Um, they're finally doing some home and homes. So that's good. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, it's been it, – other than the – yeah, I, I honestly haven't really been following Rothstein much. So some of these non-conference schedules getting, getting released are uh, – are good stuff. And, and I always have said like non-conference season is like maybe my favorite part of the college basketball season, which is kind of odd to say because it's the first month basically, but I love watching some of those random obscure matchups, some of the random kind of Thanksgiving e tournaments before conference play starts up. I I'm in on it. So I'm looking forward to non-conference season is always great. Cause you just get, yeah, you get the weird, Houston versus Virginia matchup that you're just you're never going to see otherwise. You know those those kind of games, and usually there are some some absolute gems in there. I'm just scrolling Ross Team's Twitter to see if I can find the Duke one, and like I'm on I'm down to July 25th right now, so that's like you're really five, Duke's really in your head right now. That's probably like five thousand tweets down. That's intense. Time. Yeah. How um, many times has he said every day is a gift? Art lovely. <laughs> I haven't been focusing that much attention on the words i'm looking at the pictures well it's been it's been what over a week so it's probably like 10 times oh i have okay 
I was also looking for an official counter for today, and he did tweet eight hours ago, which that is Jesus Christ. That is that like five a.m. Five five a.m. About yeah. So, which where is he? Lo- is he located on East Coast? Do you know? Rostein has to have like a bot or like an intern or something. Can you can you schedule tweets? Yes, you can. Okay, he has to so, have all of these just loaded into a scheduler, right? It could be. But you want to guess how many days it is as of today? Ninety. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. That's outstanding. Yeah. God, that's great. Yeah. Which very soon here, probably in the next month or so, we will uh, kick off non-conference or not non-conference. Jesus Christ, conference preview season. Uh, we'll start off basically small to big with some uh, lower lower level conferences. Go mid major after that, and then get into some of the um, you know power six, quote unquote, and then probably do sort of like a preview for just the entire college basketball season as a whole. So look out for that. Um, Biggs, anything else? Uh, not off the top of my head. Yeah, we're sort of in like – I think we can officially call this the dog days of the college basketball offseason. Like, rosters are mostly set. There's no coaching news, not as much transfer or recruiting news except for future years. Um, like, we, we basically have to look for, like, tournament bracket releases, which is fun. Yeah, the por- the portal is basically shut down. We'll do a portal centric episode probably coming up, so we can talk about some winners and losers from the portal season. Other than that, though, yeah, you're right. It's we are kind of in the dog days here. Football season is kind of upon us. True. Which yeah, because last night was the Hall of Fame game, so that was the first preseason game. Um, so in about a month from now, we're gonna have NFL football too. Which here's a question: Are you more excited that NFL is about a month away? Or that college basketball is 94 days away? Easily college basketball. Okay. Well, I was curious. I was curious. Well, I mean, I like college basketball more than more than NFL football. But I guess only a month away from, I guess, being out of this sports abyss is kind of nice. So I guess bringing the NFL back will be a positive thing. So I think I'm going to say NFL just being a month away is a, is a pretty darn exciting thing just because that means that, yeah, we'll have sports to watch. But don't get me wrong. I am more excited about college basketball than NFL football. I'd probably go NFL. Yeah, I, I think I'm so too. Like, I'm going to take like your one quote from there where we just need something, essentially. And uh, that'll give us something. Except we do have the Twins, Biggs. Do we? Yeah. They're trying to hold on to that division lead, but I think it's going to I, I would argue they're trying not to anymore. They keep pitching uh, – we, we add a bunch of bullpen guys, and we just keep putting in the shit guys that keep losing us games. I have pro- like So I have YouTube TV, and they do not have uh, what Valley Sports. Yeah. And so the extent of me watching baseball so far this year has been when I'm at the in-laws, which is probably like five games. And I think in those five games that I've watched, at least three of them have had a lead blown because Emilio Pagan has come into the game. This, this man is just... He, yeah, it's like sleepers. He's like a sleeper agent for the opponent teams. He's yeah. he's really bad, really bad. I, li- I I've been listening to him on the radio because I can't watch him either. So I just have like a like a boombox in my house that I'll just You're I'll so throw him on the radio and just hang out. And uh, yeah, I turned it off after about the sixth inning when he was when they're like, "Hey, Pagan's pitching." I'm like, "Oh, I know how this is going to go." Then, yep. and we lost nine to one or nine to two or whatever it was. 
that's 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 about right. Yeah, he but, was an embarrassment. Right. I think we can get out of here, Biggs. We uh, cut a little bit short as compared to our other episodes this off season, but that's fine. Um, and we also, you know, self reflection here. We expanded to different sports here. We talked NFL. We talked uh, MLB. We even talked NBA a little bit. So kudos to True. us. True. I got a college basketball reference in there, or a college football reference in there too for you. We even talked college hoops. So that's five sports right there. Look at us. We're not staying in our lanes. We're not just going to shut up and talk other sports. College hoops. Or our yeah. sport. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to do us. Yeah. But all right. Look for us probably in the next couple weeks or so. And, uh, We'll talk, you know, portal-centric, like Big says. And like I said, in a month, you know, you have a conference preview season to look forward to. So let's get out of here. All right. Bye.